Vino Lion Media presents Business First. Hi, all, and welcome to a new episode of Business First with Sonia Aline. I am your host. And today we have an interesting creative talent who's going to talk about his journey and offer some advice to you all who are still trying to figure out how to monetize your creative gifts. Please welcome to the studio, Guy Rute. Guy, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, good, good. Thank you for being here. I know you have a hectic schedule. There's a lot going on. Um, you started a company in the pandemic called Schematics LLC. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, I was, um, and thank you for having me, but I was, uh, I had a company called War Media, uh, which was a record label and a management company, and uh, that I was a partnership with uh, an artist named Farrell Munch, MC. And uh, I did that for about 10, 11 years. What I realized in the process of that is that I wasn't fully experiencing my own creative energy. You know, I was so busy managing his and other artists that we were associated with that I wasn't getting a chance to, you know, uh, see the ideas that I had come to fruition. And so, you know, end of 2019, I just I made a decision that I needed to start something new. And um, he was fully understanding. I said, I'm, I want to retain you as a client. Um, but I, I need to, you know, have a uh, freedom to do these creative ideas that are in my head and, and what I, what I wanted to do when we started War Media, which is why we call the media and not, you know, War Records. I wanted to, you know, do these, uh, ventures into film and art space and, and those other things and, and wanted to be a little bit more of a free agent in that way. So, uh, you know, I started thinking about it in 2020 came and pandemic hit and I said, okay, this is, I have to really push forward. And uh, I started uh, what what would become Schematics LLC, Schematics Industries, which was kind of an individual uh, company to get my ideas out. And uh, at the same time, some uh, friends of mine was were, were doing things in the tech space, and they asked me to come in and consult on some deals. And it was really, really you know mind blowing. And, and after we closed a couple of deals, they asked me if I would come on and you know kind of be the CEO of their venture. And I was like, no, I don't want to be in any more partnerships. I want to, you know, and I'm not a tech guy anyway. And, it, and my guy sat me down and he said, listen, any media company that you're going to be part of, you know, if you look at Apple, or you look at Netflix, or you look at Amazon, they all are tech companies as well. This is the era we're in. You're going to need a tech component to what you're doing. And so it made a lot of sense. We, we, we figured out a structure that would work. And so we merged um, our companies. Uh, they, uh, he had a company, Mark Hines and Eddie Gadgetar. They had a company called Mass Consortium. I had Schematics Industries. So we, we created Schematics LLC for the media side and Mass Consortium for the art side. And uh, we've been rolling ever since. And it's been going well. Wow. Tell me what happened in 2019, because I'm sure you spoke to a lot of people when you said, you know, you had been, even though you had been enjoying what you were doing, you were managing a lot of people's careers, you were, you know, making everybody, you were making sure that they were reaching their full creative potential. But, you know, you, you had these things inside of you that you wanted to give birth to. Like, what was it like 2019 is when you made the decision, but what was it like, what was that final straw or what was that final push or sense of inspiration that said, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to do this. Or even to say no to this great opportunity. No, I don't want to be the CEO of another corporation or I don't want to be, I don't want to push the agenda, the creative agenda of someone else. I want to be able to do my own. I think that, well, in 2019, I got married. And <laughs> so that probably was the, the real factor that I had this foundation. I you know, fell in love and 
you know, and, and married the, the woman of my dreams who, who, who was like, you know, what, a, and she would ask the question, what about your dreams? What are you, wow. what about these wonderful things that you keep talking about? And when are you going to get to that? You know, and having that support system was, was, was huge for me. And, uh, just, you know, getting older and saying, you know, if not now, then when am I going to start betting on myself? You know, uh, there's, you know, people who are wildly successful and, and, and really creative and people I think are geniuses that rely on me for my counsel. So why can't I rely on me for my counsel mm-hmm. as well? And, 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 and just take the leap and, and, you know, having, uh, you know, my wife's blessing and her support was was a really, really big factor in me being able to take the lead, to be quite honest. Yeah, that's uh, that's really important. And we hear entrepreneurs say that a lot in terms of um, partnerships are, are, are really important because entrepreneurial journeys can take you in a lot of directions. And so if you don't have the support at home, it can be actually really different. Um, so it was obvious that 2019 was a magical year for you because you also worked on the project, the 40-year-old version yes. around that time. And so how did that happen? Tell us a little bit about that. It, it, interestingly enough, it was a, it was an amazing moment for me because I'll take you back really quickly. 2015, a filmmaker, two filmmaker friends of mine, they had done a bunch of, of videos for me for Pharaoh Munch. And I was uh, also, I did a bit of work on the film Miles Ahead with Don Cheadle. I did a, Pharaoh did the end credits work with Robert Glasper and those cats on that song. And it was just a great experience hanging with Don, editing stuff and just being part of this whole process, I got bit by the, the film bug in a, re, a really big way. And I, I remember I was at the New York Film Festival and they, they did the screening. And at the end, it said, uh, special thanks. And it had my name on the screen. And I was like, uh-oh, I need to do this. So <laughs> it kind of was, uh, I got bit by it. And, and uh, encouraged by Don uh, Cheadle as well. He was like, yeah, you, should, you know, you, you can do this, you know? I, and so my friend, Sean Peters, who, who was a cinematographer, big time cinematographer, was going to the Black Star Film Festival in Philly. And he said, yo, you want to get in film? You should come down to the festival. So I literally, I, I, I got a bus ticket. My friend Sheena Lester was living down there. She said, you can stay with me. Gave me her pass to go to the Black Star Film Festival. And while I was there, I met Rada Blank. And um, Rada was friends with Sean and, and, and all the crew. And we just all got together. Terrence Nance, who also directed a bunch of stuff for me. We were all there. And they became kind of my, my crew. You know, they welcomed me in. And Rada did a one-woman uh, play called Rada Vest Prime at Joe's Pub. And I went to see it, and I was just blown away by it. And she says, you know, at the time, I think she's working on it to be a web series or something. And I would love for you to help me with some music. And I'm like, whatever, you know. Black, fast forward, 2019, she says, yo, come have brunch. We were both, we were both living in Harlem. And we went uh, and had some brunch. And she said, uh, hey, I got the funding for this film. I would love for you to be the music supervisor. Wow. And I was like, wow, that sounds amazing, but I've never done that before. She says, well, I've never directed a film before, so let's figure this out together. And, uh, and so I, I, I literally, I'm, I'm in the middle of planning my wedding, and I'm starting to get this, uh, this, the scripts, and I'm starting to figure out how to, how to do this thing. And, uh, you know, we're literally, the, the, the day after I got married, we, we got married in Baltimore, drove back to New York, and... The next morning, we were leaving for the honeymoon. I was in the studio finishing up a piece <laughs> for the film, which, uh, which started shooting that day. I needed to have a piece in for that day. So, yeah, and, and, and it was, ooh, what an experience to work on a, a project that was indie like that, but with so much passion and really 
in my wheelhouse and, you know, it's hip hop and core hip hop. And, and it was like a very, very, uh, and she was incredibly generous. Rada was incredibly generous with allowing me to come to set and be in the editing process and being be in the uh, sound mixing process. All things that normally music supervisors don't get a chance to do. She treated me like a producer. Uh, more than more than just the music supervisor. It wasn't just find me some music. It was like, help me place this. And she was very clear about what she wanted, but she she trusted my counsel. And uh, it was a wonderful experience. And, and and that's that's really like that was and, and going to Sundance and uh yeah you know, for the first time in in uh, January of 2020. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, January <laughs> 2020. Uh, two years of you know really experiencing that. Uh, and uh, getting to see all these other films, and it, it was it was a wonderful, wonderful ride. And then she won Best Director at Sundance, right? And, you know, and people were very, very fond of the music. And I get a lot, I got a lot of calls over the next year based on uh, what I did in that work. So I knew that this was her di- directorial debut. I didn't know that this was your musical yes. film debut as well. Yes. So that that's yeah, that's very interesting that you all were able to do this walk together so successfully. Right. And so um, I love being introduced to um, Courtney Bryan. I think that's the beautiful thing about um, soundtracks. Right. They they always if it's a great soundtrack, you're always being introduced to some to someone different. So she's an amazing I had never heard of her before. An amazing um, talent musician. Uh, What what made you choose her? I have to give all the credit to Rada on that. Rada and Courtney are friends. And, you know, when she, so when I got the script for the old version, that stuff was in there already. Like the, um, the, uh, the Quincy Jones love and peace was already, in, it was baked in the script. The, um, Courtney Bryan stuff, at least the initial stuff. I remember foot, uh, footsteps or footprints. That song was already in, in the script. And then, so I, you know, we were like, if we're going to use this, let's see what else she has, you know, um, right. because she's an indie artist. And so, uh, it, it, it suits well budgetarily as well because usually majors will charge you a bunch. Indie artists also see how because just the same way you discovered uh, her, it, it, it becomes a, a good calling card for them. You got you know you pay them, but they right. see what see what there is to gain on their side. So we ended up using a bunch of her stuff because it was it just fit well. The stuff that I ended up uh, really bringing was uh, all of the stuff that uh, D, the beatmaker, was making. All, all the tracks that she was rhyming to, uh, I suggested the Tribe Called Quest intro, you know, opening, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. That's that's really what, you know, uh, the stakes is high. Uh, the um, Queen Latifah was her. That was, that was her. <laughs> but, you know, no, we, but we collaborated incredibly on, on, on this. And like I said, it was like going to school for me. Um, but also realizing that my skill set was transferable. Okay. You know, making uh, albums... And make you know for years I was you know from, I went from being an artist to being the manager to being an A&R person up at, uh, at Columbia Records and you know all of those it, it's just about placing the right music with the right you know collaboration creating right. Right teams and, and putting the right music in the right place so it's, the skills are transferable so once I got over the overwhelmingness of being in the film on set and you know you know, we've come in the set, you know, all, once I got past the, all of that, yeah, it just gets down to, you know, is it the right music? And I have great taste. I, I like to believe, and, you know, I have a good history and, and a, a references are great. And so I just, you know, I just use that skill set to, to yeah. be 
And and I'm glad you said that because that was going to be my follow-up question. You had a conversation with a woman today who talked about the imposter syndrome, right? So although you get identified for a particular project and you are probably the best person to do that, you know, there's this, there's this thing inside of us that goes like, you know, what if I'm not the right person? What if they find out that they made the wrong choice? And what, and so even just to hear you say like, you know, I have good taste and my, my skills were transferable. And once I got past, I wanted you to talk a little bit more about, you know, what it takes to really just trust yourself and your talent and do the job. That's a therapy. Um. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) We all need that too. The imposter. You think it's interesting because I, I had this conversation. I, I do a men's group. Uh, okay. Right. I'm a longtime therapist. I'm not in like current, but he's like, you know, you would benefit from talking to other black men. Right. Uh, and, and one of the things we were talking about is that, you know, the imposter syndrome and, and the fear of stuff, it, it doesn't, you keep, we keep waiting to get over it and you don't get over it. It just, the voice gets lower and, and, and mm-hmm. the courage gets, you know, stronger. But there's always, you know, it's just like a singer being afraid to go out on stage, you know, like no matter how great they are, you know, there's something about that moment and you have to overcome it. And I am working on a huge project right now. And one of the biggest things about the imposter syndrome is these people are my friends and you don't want to let your right. friends, down, friends down. Right. And then the people that they're working with and all the managers and, and the big companies, and you know, Netflix and them, they don't want to work with me. They don't know me. Right. They don't realize I'm the, I'm the best person for this job. So this person is putting their reputation on the line saying, no, I need my, my dude. And so then you just want to make sure that you, you deliver. And it's, it's, it's too much pressure to put on yourself. You just got to go do your job. You know, you got to right. go do the thing that you that you love, that you've been doing. You know, I've been doing this, you know, since the early 90s. It's not, you know, it's not new, you know. Yeah. I know how to make records. I know how to clear samples. I know how to, you know, and so, and I'm really good at it, you know, when I take away all of the rest of the. Right. So, you know, I remember watching, I can't remember, one of those Hoosiers, one of these basketball movies, and he was like, just because you're playing in this big stadium, the hoop is still 10 feet high, you know, and, and right. the court is still the same size. It's the same skill set. And it's just all this other noise around you. So you have to learn how to quiet the noise. And for me, what I'm working on is really, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty unorganized person. So I'm working on developing organizational skills. Me too. <laughs> so, that, so that I won't, I won't panic. About, you know, so somebody calls me today and they're like, I need to sheet music for this. And, I, and, and so I'll know where that is. Right, right. And immediately go to, oh my God, I'm messing up. You know, and I, and I just say, no, oh, the sheet music, yeah, no problem. I'll get that to you in five minutes. Or, you know, Zoe, my assistant, please, go, you know, get that. It's in this file, you know, like I, I know where right. so I'm working really diligently on uh, the tools to overcome the anxiety. Right. You know, and, and to not let it overwhelm me. And uh, I can, on behalf of a client, I'm Superman, you know? On behalf of myself, I'm trying to learn how to be that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it's it's important. So, so what would you say to creatives who are um, struggling with, um, yeah, kind of directing their talents so that they can make business, so that they can make the right corrections. And I think we all know people who are like immensely talented, but just don't know either how to direct their talent or or can't seem to make the right connections to make these things happen. Like what would be your advice to, to someone like that? 
yes, uh, my advice would be A, to be flexible. You know, we want our success how we dreamed it. Right. You know, we want it like I came into this business to be this, you know, and sometimes there's a better usage of your talent than the dream that you had. So some somebody wants to be, you know, uh, I wanted to be like BBD, you know, I wanted to be uh, on stage and, you know, and it wasn't the best usage of my talent, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, did, I was an artist, I did have a record, I had a successful record, but I was, I, I wasn't happy there. And I said, wow, you know, I really still want to be in this business, but I don't want to be a performer anymore. And you have to be willing to pivot. The pivot is the is the key. You know, it, 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 you know, very rarely are you going to find someone who's doing the same thing at 20 that, that they're doing at 50. Yeah. So it's a rare, rare thing. So you have to be able to pivot. And I've, I've been, my success has been becoming to see opportunities and see how my skill set is transferable. And does, is this something that would bring me some level of joy? And, and then you create that and, 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 and participate and create and then, you know, get in there. And if it doesn't make me happy to figure out what's next, still within the context of what I believe my talent is and, and you know, and to be courageous enough to, to fail is, uh, let's not even call it failure, just to try and right. you know, maybe not succeed in this moment. But even the things that weren't successful for me were the things that led me to the things that were. So stay in there. Be open to all the possibilities. Do not become, you know, because, you know, when I was growing up, there was like, you know, they would say, don't be a jack of all trades and a master of none. Right. In this era, it's like, you better be multi-hyphenate. You better be, you know. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, so true. Read more with that because, you know, when when you got linear, you missed a lot of opportunities that, mm-hmm. that you, you, were, you were probably able to do. And so... To be able to say, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a music supervisor, but I'm also a filmmaker. I'm also a, a, a label owner and A and R, and I'm also, you know, um, a writer. And you know, and, and I and I do all of those things, and I and I have to, you know, organize my life so that I can that I can achieve them. And when I'm on a project, I have to, you know, give it a give it a sense of priority. But you know, I consult people all the time, and I do all of these things because I'm open to the possibilities. Right. And it's at least to not only success and, you know, financial well-being, but it leads to, you know, joy. Yeah. You know, which is really the true success. At least I'm happy, you know, I'm happy to be able yeah. and to be able to participate in, in these things. So the advice yeah. is to be open, courageous. Don't worry about failing. Don't worry about being an imposter. Just go, Just you go. know, overcome that fear. Don't, don't feel like because you feel like you're an imposter that you, you have to let it paralyze you, you know? Just be be courageous enough to overcome that and try some things, you know? So throughout your career, you've been able to see music change a lot over the years. Um, The music has changed. The the way we listen to music has changed. What do you think is next? I want to ask you kind of two part. Like, what have you learned from watching all of these different changes in music? And what do you think is next? Great question. Um, What I've learned is that as my, my boy KP, Kawan Prego, always says, a jam is a jam. A jam in the 70s is a jam in, in, in you know, in the 2000s. Yeah. Like, a jam is a jam. So whatever delivery system it comes under, Michael Jackson's Rock With You is going to be a jam. I don't care yeah. how you listen to it. You stream yeah. it, you put it on vinyl, you put it on an A-track, it's a jam. So never forget the thing that we're making. The cool mm-hmm. thing is a great song is a great song, and great music is great music, and appropriate. And 
and that people's opinions about what great vary. And so it doesn't, you don't have to chase any trend because there's, there's a gap of people in the world that are going to love anything that somebody does. Really your job is to find your audience. So that's what I've learned. So I'm steady in, in terms of what I bring to it and what I, you know, when somebody wants to hear something and, I, and, I, and I'm able to help, you know, cultivate it, I know what I'm looking for. And it's always looking for a great song, uh, you know, melody, structure. I'm looking for something that has uniqueness as well as familiarity and um, something, you know, there's a song I worked on recently for the project I'm working on and I'm walking around setting all day. Everybody's humming the melody. Wow. That's what you're looking for. That's looking what, yeah. for something that resonates immediately. Yeah. What's next? I don't know what's next. I know that I'm open to it. And that's the main thing. That's that, the main thing. <laughs> I, I, I was never afraid of technology. You know, when I remember when uh, Napster was the thing and they were like, this is going to kill the music business. I'm like, no, we have to pivot. That's all. But the idea, I was I was with Steve Jobs, the idea of a, a thousand songs in your pocket. I remember that was the, uh, the ad campaign with uh, mm-hmm. the iPod. I'm like, this is great because I was, like, <laughs> you know, going on planes with a knapsack full of CDs, you know? Wow. I was so glad not to have to do that. I can, that I can, I can go back and I can listen to Roberta Flack. I don't have to carry the Roberta Flack so right. have it, you know, with me because I just on a whim decided I wanted to hear, you know, like, you know, I, I, I was enamored by that. And my guys were like, oh, this is going to ruin. I'm like, no, it's not. I said, it's going to take five years. I'm going to figure out how to monetize it. And, wow. and that's what will happen. And that's what you're seeing that now with streaming, that figuring it out. Yeah. Figure out, you know, what is the, um, what is the purpose? I, I, I think it, even the sense that I, I had a meeting today with an artist who submitted an album for a distribution company I work with. And it was like a real deal, full album, you know? And I, I see that coming back, even the new Kendrick Lamar. Like, people are making album concepts again because, you know, at first it was like, this is a singles culture, it'll never go back to that. You know, I, I'm never with the sky's falling crowd. I'm always like, you know, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to it. We just have to figure out what to, how this technology fits into it and how it goes down, and then we'll get back to it. You know, the biggest uptick in sales is with vinyl. People are back to vinyl and yeah. back to those moments and A-side, B-side, making full concepts. So there's always going to be a place for that, too. Okay. I'm not afraid of the future. That's cool. So what's next for Guy Rute? Well, I'm currently uh, the music supervisor on a Hulu series called Washington Black. Oh, very uh, cool. Based on uh, the novel, and I can't remember the author's name, I'm sorry. But my, my, my dear friend of mine, Selwyn Seifu Hines, is the showrunner. And he's a creator and a showrunner. And it stars Sterling K. Brown. And um, really wonderful story uh, with, with fantasy elements uh, about a, a young enslaved kid in Barbados in the 1800s who escapes and has this worldwide journey and goes to the Arctic and Nova Scotia and then to England and Morocco and then finally back Africa, you know, all the while growing up, finding love, figuring things out. And it's a a, a nine-part limited series and uh, it'll premiere next year. So that's what I'm in the middle of working on. That's my near future. Wow, that's exciting. You know, I'm still making records. I still do a lot of consulting. I have a bunch of ideas about films. There's a couple of things that I want to direct. So I'm learning, I'm learning that and, you know, studying on how to, how to mostly documentary space. A lot of the, a lot of the desire these days is about hip hop culture, particularly in the eighties and nineties, which is my expertise. And so there's a bunch of stories that I want to tell from that era in different formats, whether it's a, you know, documentary format or a book format, you know, I'm thinking of writing 
a book as well on that. So, you know, just, just like Very I said, cool. to whatever the opportunities are, embracing kind of my elder statesman energy in the business. A lot of the kids call me OG, so I, I, I embrace the OG. But, you know, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a kid. Um, and just, and just really, really to enjoy this portion of, of my career, you know. Uh, but, you know, I'm ever growing, ever growing, ever learning and being open to the possibilities. That's the biggest thing I learned is always be open to the possibilities and never say never. You never know where the next thing is and the next opportunity is going to come from. And if, if your heart sings when it's offered to you, it's the right way to go. You got to pay attention to your feelings. I love it. I love it. Well, we are excited for you. It sounds like the road is opening up for a whole lot of new things to happen for you. Um, and so we would love to have you come back and talk about some of these new projects. We're going to be looking out for Washington Black. Um, tell folks how they can follow you or, or read about you or, or connect with you more. On all social media platforms, I'm just Guy Rute, my first and last name, on uh, okay. Twitter and, and uh, Instagram. Instagram is where I probably spend most of my time. And uh, yeah, that's you can find me there. And anything that's connected to me will be there. And um, my schematics Instagram, which I just put up and I have to start populating, is uh, at, schemat at, at schematics with no vowels. S E okay. T C S. Okay. So, you know, make okay. a quick follow Guy Rute and I'll, I'll lead you everywhere I am. Okay. All righty. Well, we're going to do that. We wish you much success and uh, we look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Okay. And thank you all for listening. Next week, we'll be back with another great guest. You take care. The Business First Podcast is hosted and produced by Sonia Lee. Associate producer, Ariel Mancibo. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Business First podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And on social at business underscore first underscore podcast on IG. The Business First podcast is a mean old line media production.